Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, August 30th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So you may have noticed I wasn't here last week. I was having fun. And while I was having fun, um, Afghanistan was falling apart and the United States is close behind. And our pal Glenn Beck last week was uh, not in the middle of it, but on the periphery of it, uh, helping people get out of Afghanistan. He will be here tonight. So I feel kind of guilty that I, I was having fun and all this was happening, but not too guilty because that's just the way the calendar came down. So we'll make up for it tonight, at least somewhat. I'm going to tell you about Hurricane Ida. We're going to tell you about COVID USA. Uh, can't go to Europe and now because of the uh, variant. I'm going to tell you, of course, about Afghanistan. And we'll begin with uh, President Biden's schedule, as we always do. He's got one thing. 10 a.m., a meeting with his national security team. Um, and those were made up of the little rascals. Okay, they replaced that was a joke, all right? National security team. Wouldn't you love to know who they are? I mean, really, you know, who, who are they making these decisions in Afghanistan? Oh. All right, so I was watching, as many of you did, uh, the uh, bodies uh, coming to Delaware, Dover, from Afghanistan, the 13 American service people killed on Thursday. And I was angry. I was, I, I, it was, yes, I was sad, but the overwhelming emotion I felt was anger because this didn't have to happen. And we all know that. This wasn't inevitable. It wasn't a firefight. It wasn't the United States involved in combat. This was a colossal screw-up by the commander-in-chief, President Biden. So there he is, along with Jill, um, and uh, he's got a mask on. Okay, so why? Why does he have a mask on? He's vaccinated. They're outside. Now, to me, that showed weakness. I know he wants to be politically correct, but I'm, I'm kind of tired of the PC, aren't you? So he shouldn't have had the mask on. It's a little thing, but it's not a little thing. I mean, this guy is just, he's inappropriate. You want inappropriate? He looks at his watch while the coffin's passing by. Put that up. Look at him. You got somewhere else better to go, Joe? You got to look at your watch? Is it taking too long? I mean, what is that? Who does that? I'll tell you who does. Somebody who's disassociated with reality. That's who does it. Now, you might say, oh, you're being picky and, and, and you, you know, I'm not. You're standing there watching fallen service people come in back when their families are broken hearted. And you're looking at your watch. Think back in your life. Did you ever do anything that inappropriate? I have not. So anyway, I mean, this guy and I hope you read my column. If you read one column of mine this entire year, read this, all right? I told the truth about Joe Biden. Now, I'm a guy who gives people a chance. You all know that. I'm not a quick on the trigger kind of guy, but it's over for me and Mr. Biden. He's not going to make a comeback. Please read the column. All right. So um, after the 
terrible display of fallen service people coming back from Afghanistan, Biden segues into Hurricane Ida, as he should. Okay, there's, that's part of his job. All right, now there are reporters there. Roll the tape. So thank you very much, and thank you, Commissioner. I, I really think it all works. I'm not, I'm not supposed to take any questions, but go ahead. I'm not going to answer Afghanistan now. Okay. Okay. So, not answering questions about Afghanistan? What? Are you kidding me? This is absurd. Insulting to we the people. It's insulting. Well, no. I know I'm the boss. I'm the commander in chief. I'm the leader of the nation. But don't ask me about Afghanistan. It's incredible. It really is incredible. Polling. Uh, An ABC News poll. This is rigged. All right. Democrat 31, Republican 24. Once you see that disparity, you know it's a rigged poll. Independent 36. Question was simple. Do you approve or disapprove the way Joe Biden is handling Afghanistan? Approve 38%. Disapprove 59%. There is no way that 38 percent of Americans approve of how Biden is handling Afghanistan. That is not true. But if you if you poll, okay, seven percent more Democrats, you will get people who know nothing. All right. And there will be no balance to it. But almost 40 percent of Americans. Hey, yeah, yeah, Joe, you're doing really great job in Afghanistan. Come on. And by the way, tomorrow is supposedly the last day for U.S. presence there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Since July, 122,000 people have been evacuated, including 5,400 Americans. All right. This is from our military. So I don't know if it's true or not. Sorry. Can't trust the Pentagon any longer. Can't. The deadline, as I mentioned yesterday, midnight Afghanistan time. Now, there is a brewing mutiny within the uh, American Armed Forces. A man named Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller has uh, quit the service. He says in his Facebook video this. Roll it. I'm resigning my commission as a United States Marine, effective now. I'm sure there's some MAR admin on how I'm supposed to do that, and I'll work through that. But I am forfeiting my retirement, all entitlements. I don't want a single dollar. The lieutenant colonel is so disgusted with the military in this Afghan situation that he's saying, I'm walking away. And uh, he's walking away from a lot. Okay, a lot of pension, a lot of benefits. He's 41 years old um, and he's not alone. All right. So you don't think this undermined the U.S. military? This Biden action in Afghanistan has so many unintended consequences. And of course, President Biden has no idea. You think the military people and all the vets who fought in Afghanistan, they approve of this? You think so? Does anybody think so? Does the 38 percent of the people who apparently support Biden in the rigged ABC news poll, do they really think that? There is nobody in the military outside of the uh, kiss, you know what, brass that is sticking up for this. All right, so one guy who uh, actually uh, 
helped, and I mentioned him top of the broadcast, is Glenn Beck. So he runs an outfit called the Nazarene Fund. It's a charity that helps Christians all over the world who are persecuted. So Beck was over in the Middle East. I talked to him on Friday on his radio show. He was in an undisclosed location. Um, and he joins us now from a disclosed location in northern Texas. All right, so Beck, tell, tell us what you did over there and if you can, where you were and all that. I can't tell you where we were. First, let me make a correction. We don't just save persecuted Christians. We, we um, save persecuted minorities. Uh, the press is trying to smear us that we're only saving Christians. First of all, not true. Uh, second of all, the Nazarene Fund was originally set up the first group we went after were the Yazidis that we tried to get out, and we did get out um, of Syria and Iraq. Um, and we have moved non-Christians uh, as well in this. We were just trying to help, and we put together a coalition, or were part of a coalition, I should say, um, the Save Our Allies Coalition, which includes the Monty Oaks Foundation and others. and. Um, we got as many people as we can. The total number, and this is an exclusive for you, the total number of the eight days of lifts, and we're not done yet, the first eight days between Save Our Allies Coalition and the Nazarene Fund was uh, 8,911 uh, that were moved directly um, uh, from the, the Kabul airport to an undisclosed location. We are also re relocating the first group of 2,000 uh, refugees now to Albania. Um, and uh, that brings our total up to about 12,000 uh, refugees saved. And no, we go through a seven-point... Seven go ahead. I understand Beck listeners donated about $32 million for this effort. Is that true? That's amazing. It was amazing. Uh, it was amazing. And, you know, one of the bigger donations, Bill, was yours. Um, but it came in in tens, twenties, hundreds. Uh, it, it is an amazing effort. I don't know, and you said this to me, I don't know of another radio show audience that has ever done anything like this. We didn't get any press on it. We're not looking for press. We're just trying to do the right thing. And this audience responded like nobody's business. $32 million. Yeah, the um, press doesn't we... want to say anything good about you or me or anybody who isn't woke. Uh, and we know the corruption that exists. Now, you had to coordinate some of this, I would think, with American authorities, you know, the State Department. Tell us about that. Um, because we're in continuing operations, um, there could be a book, and gee, there might be one, uh, calling Killing the State Department. Um, the State Department was the biggest obstacle for anyone who was trying to move refugees. Um, they, quite honestly, they have blood on their hands. Uh, I know of 400 uh, that were inside of the gates that, that Save Our Coalition, uh, Save Our Allies Coalition brought in had inside the gates, the State Department bitched about it. They were all there legitimately. Everybody had been vetted. They bitched about it because they were, quote, in the way. Uh, they were kicked out uh, of the Abbey Gate. And unfortunately, we told them, stay close to the gate because this is going to be reversed. Before it was reversed, that was the gate that was bombed. Um, and we don't know how many were lost, uh, but a good 
neither of them, I'm guessing, were lost. Oh, my God. So it's bureaucracy once again, apathy on a part of the State Department. How would you describe it? We talked about this a lot, Bill, and it's beyond apathy. Um, They were actually obstructing, in many cases, obstructing. They would give us permission to uh, land the plane and revoke it at the last minute. They gave us what are called dip clearances. I don't even understand what all of it is, but dip clearances, it allows you to land the plane, come back and get out. Um, That is quite a process with this State Department. They would um, make us wait for dip clearances um, and then give it to us an hour after they expired. How is that even possible? Um, they, they are incompetent at best, evil at worst. Um, many of the people working in the coalition have said separate from us that they were the biggest obstruction in Afghanistan. That and the White House. And the White House was coordinating directly with the State Department. It's shameful, shameful, and they have blood on their hands. Now, do you think this is low-level people inside the State Department and the White House, or is this at the top with Blinken, the Secretary of State, and Biden? Yeah, no, he, I mean, he was at the Hamptons, Bill. I mean, Blinken. you weren't running the State Department, and you had your scheduled vacation. He is running the State Department, and he takes his scheduled vacation? What? That's insanity. It's insanity what's going on. I don't—it could be low-level people. There was enough— incompetence, absolute incompetence, that a lot of it can be blamed on on that. Um, However, not all of it can be. Um, The higher levels were obstructing. We had an ambassador called in Albania. We were getting ready to move a flight of uh, people to Albania. uh, And the ambassador was called by the US State Department and told not to take any of those refugees. Why? Why is that their business? That's not their business, is it? They're not U.S. citizens. It's a weird thing, and I don't really understand it, Bill. It's a weird thing because we had, quite honestly, uh, I shouldn't say, we had very many Western countries that were ready to take these uh, people. And because the State Department started to say, don't take these planes, don't take these refugees, that leads these countries to believe that they're not vetted. And I guarantee you, our people were more vetted than anybody that got onto a military plane. I can guarantee you, they tried to stuff people onto our planes and we took them, but quickly marched them back over to the State Department people so they were not confused with ours. Our planes were taken off and we said, we can't take anybody without papers. We don't know who these people are. We can't do it. Put them on the plane or you're grounded. Okay. That's a, it's an amazing, but it really isn't when you think about the, the big picture, when you have a president of the United States who basically checked out. And that you know, is what Bill, I believe. Do you, this is an important question. If you read my column, and I know you follow, follow me. I do. He's checked out. By the way, I'm sick of people. I'm sick of people saying that they miss you on TV. I'm watching you on TV, just yes. a new way of TV. And it's, but that's a whole number thing, and they're, ad- they're addicted to the, the cable. But look, yeah. he's checked out, and he's not going to check back in, all right? So he's gone. It's almost like an apparition. I mean, who checks his watch when 
coffins are, are going by you, that you're, you're there, your own people, you're the commander in chief. Who and takes I think the watch? You always, I think you always show his schedule. It's usually not that busy. It's not like, uh oh. <laughs> It's every day. There, I mean, you got one you or two things, right? Land airplanes of refugees into it. Here's the thing, Bill. When you go over the number of Blackhawks, we left 33 Blackhawks. We left almost 70,000 uh, machine guns. Uh, we left Humvees. We left um, armored personnel carriers. We left C-141 transport planes, and they're in the hands of the Taliban. I'm sorry. But the first priority should have been, if they're abandoned, take a drone and blow those things up. We've just armed the Taliban with Black Hawk helicopters. It is a staggering, staggering piece of history. Because I was going back on the radio today, on my radio broadcast, and I said, in my lifetime, Vietnam, giant screw up. I mean... Talk about nobody in charge and lying to the American people. And the poor draftees and military are caught there, and they're not even fighting the war to win. All right? And everybody knows that's documented. So that's number one. Number two, Jimmy Carter at the hostages where Iran humiliates the United States of America. That was the end of Jimmy Carter right there. And remember, the day that Reagan was sworn in, the Iranians released those hostages. The yes. very day. Because they yes. knew that Reagan was going to punish them. And now this is the third in my lifetime. The third. Now, Biden is never going to escape this shadow as much as a corrupt corporate media is going to try to divert attention away. He'll never escape the shadow. So in a perverse way, Beck, this might be a good thing for the country because it just knocks him and his whole crew out of any credibility box. Or am I wrong? Oh, I, I don't know anymore, Bill. I, don't, I can't predict the American people. I would think so, but how long are we going to remember this? And the other side of it is Kamala Harris. No, I know, but leave, I mean, leave her aside for now, all right? Okay. If you have a, a, a president this diminished, this delusional, I would say anybody would be better. Um, I would. I will say this, Bill. I, I will say at least he wouldn't be a scapegoat for what's really going on. I mean, he's not running his presidency, so no. who is? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, he may have run this one because it looks like it was run by somebody with dementia. Um, but uh, I, I would like you, I would like somebody accountable because these people are not going to hold anybody accountable. But it's interesting, Bill that in the, in the last days of the Trump administration, they made it easier, the Democrats made it easier to remove the president in diminished capacity. Sure. Well, they're not going to remove him, though. That's not going to happen. What will happen is there'll be an overwhelming landslide for the Republicans in the midterms, I predict. All right. And then all hell could break loose on Biden. Unfortunately, tech difficulties, um, and we lost Beck. But the Nazarene Fund, as he mentioned, I, I did give a donation to it because I think it's very worthy. And you can reach them. It's very simple. The Nazarene Fund, one word, dot org. The Nazarene Fund dot org. And this is an ongoing concern. It's not going to end tomorrow with uh, the Americans pulling out of Afghanistan. 
uh, Vic and the uh, charity are helping people all over the world who are being persecuted. That's what it comes down to. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, Hurricane Ida. This is an interesting story because of the timing. Katrina, you know, 16 years ago, horrible, right? Remember that? I do, vividly. And the levees collapsed and, and the water uh, killed um, about 2,000 people. Uh, that was 16 years ago. And then, bang, on the dot, Hurricane Ida hits Louisiana. Uh, all power in New Orleans is out. Only one dead that we know of, that'll go up. You know, people get heart attacks, trees fall on them, other things befall them. Um, but it was uh, one of the worst storms ever to hit the United States. Um, 185 mile an hour winds, if you can imagine this, uh, 12 to 16 feet storm surge. Uh, so if you were on a coastal island off Louisiana, Mississippi, I mean, you're in big trouble. And I faced down Henri, you know, a few days earlier. That was nothing because it veered to east and it was overhyped, but they always do that. But anyway, um, we're keeping an eye on uh, New Orleans area. We have lots of friends down there and anything we can do to help, we will. Let's go over to Florida, where COVID madness has basically seized the entire state. It's an amazing stat. So last week, 1,727 people died from COVID in Florida. 1,727. That's the most on record in any week. And it's up from 280 deaths the week of June 11th. It's two and a half months ago. So what happened in Florida was this variant, this Delta variant, whipped in, and apparently that strain of COVID spreads quicker in the hot weather. Now, I'm, a, I don't, I'm not a medical person. I don't know. All I know is the stats that come in. And in Florida, in the last four weeks, 5,000 people are dead in four weeks from COVID. Now, in the vaccination front, um, only 56% of Floridians are fully vaccinated. You got to get vaccinated. I mean, enough. The, the, the risk that you're taking by not being vaccinated is far more than getting the medicine, the vaccine. Once we get to 75% in this country, COVID will be a thing of the past. 
But 56%? No. You got to do it. Okay, Oregon. Now, that's another state that's getting a lot of COVID. So the governor, Kate Brown, far, far left. I mean, in a realm that very few American states have ever experienced. She says you got to wear a mask if you're in her state everywhere. Outdoors, indoors, vaxxed, not vaxxed. Um, And then she sneaks in where physical distancing is not possible. So if you're close to another human being in Oregon, you got a mask. So this is a power play, but there are bad stats in the state. All right. So in the last two weeks in Oregon, deaths are up 126 percent. And Oregon's not a heavily populated uh, state. But this is an overreach. And that's what the far left does. It uses anything to increase the power of the central government. This time it's in Salem, Oregon. That's where the capital is. All right, now here's an interesting story, and I wrote about this in Killing the Mob, uh, extensively in Killing the Mob. Sirhan Sirhan assassinated uh, Robert Kennedy. All right, he's now been okayed for parole by the state of California, 77 years old. He was 24 when he murdered RFK. He's been in prison, a penitentiary in California, 53 years. All right. He said that he killed Kennedy because RFK supported Israel. And Sir Anthony is a Palestinian. Now he feels remorse. And at age 77, the parole board said, OK, you can leave prison. However, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has to OK it. He has to say he has to sign off on it. And the governor is up for recall on September 14th. Now, the Kennedy family, and this is fascinating because I know them pretty well, are divided on this. So some of RFK's children, and I believe he had 10, all right, want um, the parole. That's Doug Kennedy. Uh, I work with him at Fox News. And Robert Kennedy Jr., who is quoted in uh, Killing the Mob. And then others... Other children, Joseph, Courtney, Carrie, Christopher, Maxwell, and Rory Kennedy, don't want him out. They want him to stay in prison. So I'm saying if I were one of the Kennedy kids, where would I come down on it? I think I would come down on the compassion and let him out. He served 53 years. Again, he's 77. But I may, I don't know, because I'm looking at it dispassionately. Now, an interesting part of this story is that some of the Kennedy children believe Sirhan Sirhan did not act alone. And that's what I write about in Killing the Mob, because RFK was one of the probably the most effective mafia fighter of all time. And the mob hated him and wanted him dead. Now, I believe Sirhan Sirhan acted alone. But I felt it was my duty as a journalist to quote Robert Kennedy, Jr., uh, and put forth his point of view, which I did. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see if Newsom um, signs off on the parole. NBC News is a left-wing organization. It is run by a company called Comcast. Those are the cable people. They own NBC News. 
They also own NBC Entertainment, which goes under NBC Universal. So news is news. NBC Universal does the movies, the TV shows, and all that. They have donated NBC Universal $25,000 to keep Newsom in office. Now, the CEO of NBC Universal is a guy named Jeff Schell. He's a rabid Democrat, big Obama guy, um, and has always been. There's nothing wrong with that. People's politics shouldn't be a matter of whether they're hired or not. But when NBC is now injecting itself into the American Political Association with money, big money, then everybody goes, well, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. Big media companies are getting behind politicians to get them in power. Dicey. Others defending Newsom with a lot of money. Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix, three million bucks. He's donated to keep Newsom in office. And then the unions, of course, are, they love Newsom because Newsom gives them everything they want. So again, a recall election is the 14th of September. Next week, we'll zero in on it. I still predict Newsom is going to lose his job. I've done that. I did that way back, okay, before anybody did it. Now the polls say it's a tie, and we'll see. Here's an interesting story that caught my eye. 61% of the American people paid no federal income tax in 2020, last year, okay? 61%, nothing. That number is going to go higher. You can earn up to $55,000 in salary and not pay anything in federal income tax. You still have to pay Social Security and, you know, your local, state, and that kind of stuff. But what's happening is that the Democratic Party, in order to buy the votes of the poor and working class, are moving this thing up saying, you know, you, you don't have to pay. O'Reilly will pay. We're, we're going to gut him. All right. But you don't have to. So vote for us, the Democrats. That's exactly what's happening. James Madison University. It is in Western Virginia. I didn't know it was a crazy place. I didn't know. James Madison wasn't a crazy guy. All right. He's a president and one of the authors of the Constitution. So incoming students to James Madison have to endure orientation. And then in that orientation, there is a PowerPoint presentation and a video. And one of the topics is social justice. And in this video, and I want, I'm going to try to get a hold of it, um, they mention privileged Americans. You want to know the list of privileged Americans? Here it is. Male, everybody, all males. Cisgender, I don't know what that is. Heterosexual, heteroromantic, I don't know what that is. Christian, white, Western European, upper to middle class, thin athletic build, able-bodied in their 30s to early 50s. All of those people I just mentioned have, quote, unearned social power, unearned social power, according to James Madison University. Now, here's my question. Why on earth would there be one student left on that campus? If my kid was going, it'd be out of there so fast. 
And why would you give a nickel to that school if you're an alumni? This is, this is bigotry in the nth degree. Unearned social power if you're a heterosexual, if you're a Christian, if you're white. Oh, my God. It is just beyond belief. This day in history. Now, you're hearing that Afghanistan was America's longest war. That is false. The longest war in U.S. history was between the U.S. government and Native Americans. That war lasted for mm, about 80 years, 8-0. And today it began. 2008 years ago, August 30th, 1813, when the Creek Indians in southern Alabama attacked Fort Mims. I opened Killing Crazy Horse with this battle. It wasn't really a battle, it was a slaughter. So 700 Creeks were fed up with white settlers moving in. Fort Mims in southern Alabama, you can visit it now, today, all right? They, that fort was the centerpiece of settlers in that area. So the Creeks said, we're going to take it out, and they did. And it was unbelievably gruesome again. It's the lead chapter in Killing Crazy Horse. Well, after that happened, the federal government commissioned Andrew Jackson to go down and defeat the Creeks, which he did. And the Creeks lost 21 million acres of land to the U.S. government. 21 million. And the tribe was devastated. That began the 80-year war between Washington and the American Indian tribes, all the way up to Chief Joseph in Washington State. Fascinating. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, I got a lot of mail because I was off, and a lot of it's to do with Afghanistan, and I hope you'll stick around because it's very interesting. Back in a moment. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get to the mail. Keely Hayes, Billings, Montana. Bill, your column was true. I continue to run into people that are singing the praises of President Biden. I cannot help but think, what country are these people living in? They're not living in the real world. It's not a matter of the country. And we all know people who are delusional. 
President Biden is the number one citizen in that category. Dwight on the message board, sure, Biden is a diminished president, but the voters would rather have him as a loser than Trump as a winner. America will never be the nation of our past. Bob Gregg, Pasadena, California. Mr. O. Mitt Romney says the Trump administration negotiated directly with the Taliban, implying that Trump left out the Afghan government. Is that true? Yes, that is true. Dina Wheeler, Tampa, Florida. A simple question, who authorized the leaving of the Bagram Air Force Base? Joe Biden, the commander-in-chief, authorized it. Now, who told him to do it? I don't know. But you don't abandon the biggest Air Force base in Afghanistan unless the president orders it. And that was one of the most foolish tactical things I have ever seen done in this country. Bill Reardon, Cloverdale, Indiana. Biden keeps referring that his hands were tied in Afghanistan because of Trump and Pompeo's negotiation. That's not true. There was no signed treaty. This Treaties have to be signed by Congress, have to be okayed by Congress, and then they're signed. Biden could have done whatever he wanted, just like he did at the border. It's such a lie. Lynn Perrine, London, Kentucky, the only thing Joe has built back better is the Taliban. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty valid. Walter Argus, Birmingham, Alabama, Mr. O'Reilly, I heard a couple of people suggest that Biden should be court-martialed. That's just dopey. Joe Biden's a civilian. You can only be court-martialed if you're a military person. Yes, he's the commander-in-chief, but it's a civilian commander-in-chief under our Constitution. Daniel Fang, El Dorado Hills, California. What recourse does our country have when the executive branch refuses to abide by official Supreme Court rulings? They'd be arrested. So they will abide. The Biden administration has to do what the Supreme Court orders. James Cook, Sunnyside, New York. Bill, will we ever be able to see Holly the terror dog in person? Could you possibly trot her out for a bow before delving into the Trump show on your upcoming tour? Yeah, I guess I could take Holly out, but she'd bark at President Trump (laughs) because she barks at everybody. (laughs) Um, I could just imagine that. So I, you know, I give you glimpses of Holly, but she's not coming on the tour. John Boyce, Rochester, Minnesota. I was very much looking forward to the November release of Killing the Killers. I was sorry to hear it was delayed to May. Will you be adding an epilogue addressing Afghanistan? This is an interesting story, John. We're supposed to be out with Killing the Killers in November, but because of COVID, the printing plants that print the paper for the books shut down and couldn't ramp up. It is the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. But not only will we be writing on Afghanistan in the epilogue, but we have to fill in now some blanks in the book, which we will. Dugard and I are working on it now. But things are going to happen between now and May, and we'll update the book. We have to. But Killing the Killers, I I, I was brokenhearted that it wasn't going to come out in November. I'm telling you, I was so surprised, but that's just the way of the world. Okay, 40% off killing Crazy Horse and killing the mob right now. This is not going to be there much longer, but it's the end of the summer. We want you to give uh, thought to reading those books, and you will like them. The aforementioned Trump tour is in Sunrise, Florida on December 11th, the 12th in Orlando, Florida, 
18th of December, Houston, Texas, 19th Dallas. Uh, go to BillOReilly.com. We'll link it right over the box office. VIP tickets are sold out for all of those venues, but there are nice seats. We are going to begin marketing this in mid-September. Once we start to do that, the good seats will go like that. So if you're really thinking about it, great Christmas gifts, by the way. Uh, go there now. Word of the day, do not be petulant. P-E-T-U-L-A-N-T. Back with the final thought on what I did on my summer vacation in a moment. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so I'm back. Final thought of the day. I had a nice week, even though I was on this Afghanistan thing. And if you uh, are checking in with BillOReilly.com, you saw my messages. You saw what I was doing. New column posted on it, all that. Um, But I did get around. And, you know, Long Island is one of the best summer places in the world. So not only was I fighting Hurricane Henri hand-to-hand, I was actually on the beach while the thing was blowing in. Uh, It was fascinating. But my prayers were answered as it veered east and didn't do any damage. So after that happened, I got some nice beach time in and I got whacked. Boy, did I get whacked. I know what I'm doing in the, in the water. Man, one of those waves caught me. Whoa. But it was fun and that's who I am. So on Thursday last week, I went to see the Beach Boys. I've been friends with them for almost 30 years and they're great guys and they're still kicking after all these years. Roll it. The Beach Boys at the Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island. Great place to see a show. Then the next night, I went over to see James Taylor. I don't have a clip for you. Uh, He was uh, at Jones Beach. And uh, he was at Jackson Brown, who didn't sing his biggest hit um, from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Inexplicably, Brown didn't sing it. But Taylor and Brown are old hippies. You know, they're old Marxists, although they like the money, that's for sure. And they were good. They were good. And James Taylor in particular. And his band is just phenomenal. But they sang dopey songs, you know, one about Richard Nixon. Hey, it's over, okay? Richard Nixon's over. What are you going to do? Sing Millard Fillmore next? You know, and they wasted time. They didn't, Taylor didn't do Up on the Roof, one of his best numbers. 
because he had to sing some stupid song about Richard Nixon? I mean, come on. So that's annoying. But I have to say, on balance, the Taylor Brown show is good, and they, their voices are great for old guys. I mean, they can really still bring it. So I was happy I went, but, you know, you're sitting there, and they're thinking, what are they doing? And they all, I guess most of them, Beach Boys don't do that. They play their goods. A couple of songs maybe they could, but anyway. And then um, one of the urchins went to college. So Holly and I, we had to pack them up. Oh, that was kind of hard. Kind of hard. And um, we had a great summer. Went to Wyoming. He had a good job in Montauk. Uh, We had a great summer. But he's off to his next adventure. You know? My parents were happy when I left. (laughs) I think they had a little party. Not for me. Not a goodbye party. It was like, yay! Nah, it's different. But, you know. So that was what I did on my summer vacation. I'm glad you joined us this evening, and we will see you tomorrow.